0: Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily.
2: Hello, hello, hello. Happy Tuesday, my friends. And welcome, of course, to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. And of course, you can check me out, as all the kids say, downtown. I don't even know where that is. On drive time, Tuesday and Friday from 4pm. More on that later. But we begin the podcast with, of course, reaction... Jesse Marches Leeds United drawing with Crystal Palace in the Premier League here's the fallout on TalkSport
0: it's a point which gives Leeds a five point cushion above the relegation zone but their next three fixtures are against Man City Arsenal and Chelsea their survival chances will go right down to the wire, the full time score at Selhurst Park, it's Crystal Palace 0 Leeds nil. 0
3: I think before the last game in four months we hadn't had a clean sheet, and now we've got two in in, uh, in two games. So um, we're still trying to build in more ways to be dangerous and and to to use the ball in in effective ways. But a, a massive defensive performance, set pieces very stable. Ilan with some big saves. Not an easy night. Not an easy night.
4: I think they were heading down under Bielsa. Mm-hmm. I think I think that the time was right for them to make that decision. It's a brave decision because of how much he was loved there. But it was the right call. And sometimes you've got to make tough decisions like that. Jesse Marshall's come in, he lost his first two, but he's turned things around, mm-hmm. he's getting a tune out of them. I think they'll be I think they'll be alright.
1: I'm still nervous, I'll be honest. I look at our next three fixtures and what if we got City, Arsenal and Chelsea. Now, there's no guarantees from that. And then we play Brighton and Brentford, who are two teams that notoriously beat us every time, regardless where we are and what have you. So I'm, I'm a
0: little bit nervous. Alice are 14th in the Premier League table, with boss Patrick Vieira left to rue a missed opportunity that would have seen them
5: go 11th. Today, I think we show how good we can be as a team if we competing from the first minute. And there's a lot of uh, positiveness to take from the game today.
2: On now to a gargantuan semi in the Champions League. And here's Man City manager Pep Guardiola-Guardiola ahead of their first leg clash against Real Madrid at the Etihad tonight, which you can hear, by the way, live on TalkSport. Pep was asked if he's satisfied with what he's achieved at the club. Here's his response.
3: Personally, my accomplish will never be accomplished because I will have another dream or another target to reach it. We will decide together with the club, OK, it's over. And after, everyone can say it's good, bad, accomplish, not accomplish, success, failure, up to you. So it's not a problem. It will be another place in the future, and I will try We try to do it again. No, nothing changed my life, the years when I won it, or I didn't want it, or I win or lose. It's not about that. My life is already completely different. Always, always I try to do my best. Bring the team awareness that we can fight, we can do it, we can try to play good, to beat an opener like Real Madrid. When you play in bad, stick together, suffer together. It's going to happen f- minutes, hopefully as few as possible, and that's all. This is the motive or the motto I, I do my job.
2: On out to Manchester United, and Danny Murphy has claimed that the Red Devils have got worse under Ralphie Rangnick after that defeat the weekend to the Arsenal. The injury manager has said that United need, and I quote, open heart surgery, and Simon Moni Jordan actually
4: agrees with him. What they've currently got is a pig's heart in there. So let's take a pig's heart in there and put someone's heart in there with substance and look across what open heart surgery looks like. It means root and branch, doesn't it? It means a rebooting of your entire respiratory system that's what it means so with that in mind Rio is saying the same thing in a different guy just objecting to the terminology yeah this is belt and brace stuff what else do you think you need to do those are six key components of a football club they are the key the biggest components proper leadership proper best in class proper recruitment okay fantastic Sherlock but these are the things that actually underpin all aspects of the football club so they are open heart surgery yeah. Yeah. this isn't putting a stent in This isn't us looking for a, you know, this is a quadruple bypass. I
6: think if if you're looking at Manchester United, there's there's a lack of quality compared to the top two, top three even. The physicality is a big problem. And that's not players not being able to do it. It's just they've not been trained physically correctly. They, They struggle to compete physically with teams. They don't have that ability to go 90 minutes but this is where Ranjik needs to be able to account as well now sometimes you come in the middle of the season you can't do too much about players physicality we talk about repercussions for performances you never you don't see any anger from him you don't see any passion in terms of what's he saying to them in the dressing room what is he doing on the training pitch yeah and the other victim of all of this is poor old Ralph Ranjik's reputation Um, in Britain, at the least, group. he is now thought of, he's thought of an absolute clown, isn't he? <laughs> that, that that That's the yeah, truth of it. He's right, right up there with Felix McGaff. Can't oh, be. The, oh, hip, oh.
2: the hipsters told me he was brilliant, Dan. <laughs> this can't be right. How is this the case? Now, here's a bit of boxing chat for you. And after Tyson Fury's sensational knockout victory against Dillian Wyatt on Talk Sport, mm, who could have predicted that? Me every day last week. Some pundits have compared the Gypsy King to the greatest heavyweights of all time. We'll hear from former bantamweight Spencer Oliver, but first, here's Tony Bellew, claiming that Fury is in the top five heavyweights of all time. He's in the top five heavyweights! No, that was me. This is Tony Bellew. No, he's in the top... No, that was me again. This is actually Tony Bellew.
1: Tyson, where he ranks amongst the big boys, he's definitely a top five heavyweight ever. That can't be disputed. But to say that he's greater than Lennox Lewis, wow. I mean, Lennox reigned when there was heavyweights who were, who were big boys. Lennox beat Mike Tyson. Lennox beat a Holyfield. Lennox went out there and absolutely obliterated Razor. You know, these are guys who we just live in a different era now. And yes, Tyson has defeated Deontay Wilder. Yes, he defeated Dillian White. But do you genuinely believe that Beyonce Wilder would have caused Lennox Lewis a single problem. As the fireworks go off above us. Wow! On the, on I the, feel uh, like it. Oh. It feels like we're at some type of Fourth of July celebration in New York. This is crazy. The fireworks are going off the roof at Wembley Stadium. Fury's we not go. even in the ring yet. Now look at Adam, Adam, look. Adam that's exactly what you said. You know, this is entertainment, baby. This is what Fury does. He's now jogging towards the ring. He's been on his throne. The music's playing, everybody's up dancing, this is an insane atmosphere we've got, but right here. He's right up there with the greatest of all time, you know, I think that we've got to remember, it's not just what Tyson Fury does in the ring, it's what he does outside of the ring as well. That's what made Muhammad Ali great. George Foreman always said a quote once, he said that Muhammad Ali was not the greatest boxer he boxed, but he was the greatest sportsman that ever lived. I
5: am the greatest. Well, yeah, Big Dosser,
1: oh, you Big, big Dosser, oh, you're I'm going go down. So Tyson Fury is the entertainer outside the ring. He delivers inside the ring. Uh, you know, he can do everything, he can fight, he can fight on the inside, he, he's, got, he's got that long range, he can box on the back foot, he's got massive cojones. The geezer's got it all, and We've got to remember his story as well, you know, where where he went to, where he come from, he put on ten stone. And the way that he's bounced back for that, he's an advocate to all these people. He's an inspirational guy outside of the ring as well. You know, he touches the masses. So he will go down as one of the greatest heavyweights for all those reasons.
2: And don't forget to check out the TalkSport Boxing Podcast Fight Night. Now, on to Adrian Durham, claiming Liverpool's Divick Origi has become a mascot player at Anfield be a proud
5: professional and he'll be looking back on his Liverpool career and enjoying those great moments like the fans have but he will have wanted to play more games he will have backed it like we said before professional footballers back themselves as how they get to the position they're in he would have thought to himself actually I, I think I've earned my right to play in the first team and, I, and I'm a bit disappointed I haven't It's just showing there's too many good players in the uh, team well exactly but he'll go yeah. elsewhere and he will play but this is a, this is a guy who's what 27 years old Divock Origi right so I feel it's like this is a bit like fans or pundits sort of ruffling his air a bit saying oh you've, you've done well oh isn't it great Like it's like he's almost like a, a mascot player and I, it, that's not the, the case at all this is a professional who's kept, kept himself as fit as possible to be as effective as possible when in those rare moments he's called on by Jurgen Klopp. And I think he should be respected a little bit more than jokes about having a statue. So I think that, no, I do, I genuinely feel this. But there's no way as well. He came on and he was involved in both goals. I get that. As a game changer, yeah, absolutely. He he, he influenced the game. I think the tactical switch was more influential than the individuals involved. But you're man of the match. Really? I mean, I can't,
2: I cannot see that. Over now to the other side of Stanley Park, not literally, and Everton boss, Super Frank Lampard. Oh, hold on. Frank Lampard bemoaned the lack of penalties awarded against Liverpool in the last episode of the podcast. Well, former red Danny the Boy Murphy believes Super Frank Frank has a point.
1: For sure that was a penalty, second one on Anthony, and it's a foul. It's a clear foul. But
2: we don't you don't get them here.
6: It's the way football's always been. We all felt that we, when we played the game, you more often human nature kicks in with referees. I'm afraid you want them to have the courage of the convictions and be able to make the same decisions at the, in the same in different environments under different amounts of pressure, I should say. But they don't. They, the human nature kicks in, and the the pressure of a big crowd and a big club. I mean, Manu was the when we when I first started playing against Manu, you always felt that Fergie
2: had the refs. They were scared of him. You felt that. <laughs> yeah, you did. Now, last night saw the launch of Talk TV, a brand new national TV channel, bringing you news, current affairs, and straight-talking debate and opinion. Ooh, we've got a new TV Now, you can watch the long-awaited return of Piers Morgan on his new show, Piers Morgan Uncensored, every weeknight at 8pm. Watch on Sky Channel 526, Virgin Media Channel 627, Freeview Channel 237, or via the Talk TV app. Here's Piers, an Arsenal fan, of course, admitting he'd love to see Cristiano Ronaldo play for the Gunners.
4: Oh, friends! Here's Ronaldo, though.
1: 25 yards. Oh! Goal. oh, what a way to equal the record! Brilliant strike from one of the world's best ever players.
4: And I think if you combined you know, the, the United talent with our mentality, both clubs would be sorted. So I would I would actually love, I, I'm not even joking, to bring Cristiano Ronaldo to Arsenal. If he's not going to stay at United, I'd take him in a heartbeat. I watched that game on at the weekend.
1: And he's tapped into the far post by Ronaldo.
4: He was the best player on the pitch. He's aware, I mean, you, as a striker, when you watch Ronaldo's movement, even at 37, his goal scoring at even at 37, I would put Ronaldo at the front and let these kids learn from him.
0: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of the TalkSport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent-A-Car.
2: And here's the former Arsenal Invincible Ray Parlour, with a story about turning down a big-money move to Sunderland to stay at the Gooners.
4: I was on about 20,000 a week, I think, at Arsenal at the time. And What year are we talking about? Early um, 2000s? Yeah, 2001. I feel about that, and um, it was Sunderland who came in for me, and they offered me probably double my money. It was unbelievable. Peter Reid, and I love Peter Reid as a person, so I met him in London. I was I just wanted to meet him because, uh, you know, he's an England player and a mm. midfielder, and I respected him. Uh, and it was Steve Bold who just gone to uh, Sunderland, who said, oh, he's on great form, good for the dressing room, why don't you try and sign him? But I met Peter and I, r- I rang him back. He said, look, I can try and get you this. And after another bottle of wine, he was going up and up, the wages. <laughs> I was like, Peter, do you want another bottle? It was, that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in the end, I'd, I went back to Arsenal. I think Arson Benga knew at that time. And I said, no, it isn't for me. And then he put he gave me some more money, Arson Benga. And he didn't have to. I yeah. didn't ask for it. But he said, well, I'm going to give you another 10000 a week or something like that. And that was it. And I stayed at Arsenal and and lucky I did. And I I was never, I was in such a good team that I was always going to be playing on quite a regular uh, time as well. When I left in the end, I knew I wasn't going to be playing on a regular basis and I was getting a little bit older and... We had a young boy called Cesc Fabregas coming through and I remember I said to Arsene Wenger, I said boss what a player this kid is in midfield he went to I know he's going to take your position <laughs> so that's, that's when you know really yeah. I'm, I'm, and I just couldn't sit on the bench; I couldn't sit in the stand it really would r- frustrate me so that's when I went to Middlesbrough which was great couple of good years up in Middlesbrough I really enjoyed that as well that's how it was and I'm so pleased because I've, st- I've, I've won another three or four medals by staying at Arsenal <laughs>
2: Well, that's it, gang. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app wherever you get your podcast from. Of course, I'm back on Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Show at 4pm today alongside Super Charlie Austin. Straight after us from 7 o'clock, it's Man City against Real Madrid, a massive semi in the Champions League and, of course, it's live on TalkSport presented by the wonderful Adrian Durham. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport daily podcasts at first in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a good day and, above all, be safe, everyone, be safe.
6: That